Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Dropouts. This is our podcast, and I am Hunter, and I am so excited to be back. COVID-19 free. I've got with me, not my co-host, but my bro host, JT. What is good, buddy? Man, I have uh, so far survived the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so glad to start talking about some football hopefully we are going to have a season it's looking that way i firmly believe we're going to have a season um so yeah man i'm i am pumped ready to go and uh let's uh let's do this thing it's been a while folks i know it's been a long time for all of you who've been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for a new episode doubt very seriously anybody has but if you have thank you uh but yeah so been a lot of changes on in our world, the dropouts, I personally made some moves. I've moved to another town, uh, not far away from where I used to live, but uh, far enough to make it where, you know, it, it kind of inconvenienced some things as far as recording a podcast goes when you have a, a full-on cast. Uh, still in the middle of that move, building a house, all that good, fun stuff that means nothing to y'all, the listeners. Just letting you know, the break is over. We are back, and we're going to be producing these shows on at least a bi-weekly basis. And uh, especially as we get closer to what will be a very interesting college football season. And rest assured, me and JT are social distancing. We are yes. way more than six foot apart right now. What are we, yeah. 30 miles, 40 miles? Yeah, apart? yeah. It, it was nice when you was only two miles. Um, yeah, that was a lot yeah. better. But, but uh, I am sitting is what in, it is, man. I am currently sitting in what will be the new dropout studio and it is a building that will only be used for the studio that's the exciting news yeah yes so that 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 is a benefit of having made this move was we get a full-on room that is exclusive to be our studio so well we're we're, we're doing like every every other you know podcast or you yeah. know radio show or anything like that i mean we're 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 podding from from home so, yeah, we're working from uh, home. And, you know, yeah, really, just, up until the last few weeks, Jay, there hadn't been a lot to talk about. No, you're right. You're right. There hadn't been. Uh, just a few, you know, a few little things, odd and end things, but nothing really what I call meaty to dive into. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's beginning to get that way. And, folks, just so you know, for those of you listening and tuning in, thank you for, for doing that. And just so you know, this is going to be a very UGA-heavy uh, episode, as that is really the team, obviously, we pay attention to. We do follow all of the SEC, but quite obviously, being Georgia fans, we are steeped in what is going on with our Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, speaking of that, JT, right before we started recording, we got news of at least what part of the season will look like. And that is Georgia was scheduled to play Virginia for the kickoff game. That is no longer happening. I'm bummed yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I am, man. Really, really bummed about that. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. I but. was, too. I really wanted to see that game, not just because, you know, it was it would be a good game to for Georgia to stretch its legs and try out this new offense and really see what the defense is going to look like, which I expect to be uh, number one, number two in the country. But uh, it, would, it was just – I like those kinds of games teams you don't play yeah. a lot of. I, I like Virginia as a team. I don't hate them, you know, and it's just not a team Georgia plays a lot. And thanks again to, you know, our nice pandemic that we're having. To, mm -hmm. That was the whole cause yeah. of that. 
Yeah. But uh, And listen, we're not going to beat you guys to death about the coronavirus and COVID-19, but I will say this. Just wear a mask, for God's sake. <laughs> Just do it. It doesn't matter what you... You know what I mean? Like, and I'm only saying this because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. So I'm not going to get on here and try to give my opinion on one thing or the other. All I'm going to say is this. Whatever you believe, whatever you think, however it inconveniences you, get over it and wear a friggin' mask. Just do it and get it done. Yeah. Hopefully, simple. one day soon it'll be a thing of the past, right? I hope so, man. I yeah. hope this thing is, is, is gone. I know as days of as we know it so far since all this pandemic has, has, has happened, uh, it just kind of proved that, you know, we were definitely not prepared for nope. anything of this nature. We were not, but, um, you know, I don't but know. But we're, we're getting there. We're getting there, and, yeah. and it's, you know, it's a it's a process. Yeah, we're not going to get into the political side of things by no means. That frustrates me to no end. <laughs> no. But, I'll, I'll, again, <laughs> I all I can that. say is hashtag wear a mask. I mean, just, right. just do it. You know, we hope that everyone's he- happy and healthy and safe, but part of that is doing what's being asked of you by the scientific community even if it doesn't make sense to you and I don't like when people call it a new normal that great no it's not this is a temporary situation that will get better and next summer will be to hey you remember last summer with the coronavirus and COVID-19 this is not the new normal folks no, I refuse to accept that Yeah, it's me a too, temporary me situation too. right yeah. speaking of a temporary situation my drink is almost empty uh, JT, <laughs> what kind of drink do you what you sipping on tonight? What's your pod drink tonight? Man, I have switched up on you. No, oh, so we're not doing uh, what is it? The longboard? What you were drinking? For a well, long time? yeah, the longboards, the big wave, the Kona's mm-hmm, big big mm-hmm. wave. Uh, Corona is my go-to, of course. You know, you're right. Um, you know, I drink a little uh, Mick Ultra every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, uh, You're killing this, me. The suspense. Yeah, tonight, man. I've, I've, um, I'm, I'm fixing to throw you for a loop. Let's um, go. I'm ready. So, I know that everybody, all the folks out there, have heard of an ocean water by from Sonic. Yeah, yeah. That's like okay. my favorite drink to get from a restaurant. Fast food. Oh wow. Okay. Well, Hunter, you would love this drink then. Because what I've got is I've got um, a splash, and when I say splash, you know it's it's a little more than a splash. Yeah. Uh, of Malibu mm-hmm. coconut rum and some Sprite and a little bit of blue curacao mixed in with it to give it a little little uh, summery color and feel. I like what I'm hearing. And it is so refreshing and delicious. And uh, I like it a lot. Well, gee whiz. It, 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 and and it's, I've been told it sounds like a girly drink, but... Nah, you know. not, in this, not in this day and age, friend. Well, there's no such hey, thing as a girly drink. It is, it is absolutely refreshing. It sounds delicious. delicious. I wish I had one. I would break the social distance rule for one of those. Uh, I will have to. I will have to. Uh, I will have to bring you one, or you have to come over here and get one. Or yes, we'll just you know have to meet up somewhere and get one. So what I'm drinking, and I guess if I guess folks still call drinks early drinks, whatever. I'm not in with all that, but 
uh, I am having a white claw. Ah. These things are light and refreshing, especially the black cherry flavor, which is my favorite. I've tried them all, but black cherry is premier. And this one's almost empty, so I but I have another one. I got one right in right on deck, right in the right in the batter circle there, on deck. Circle. Yeah, my wife my wife likes the uh, she likes the white claws. I like um, yeah, I like them. It's it's not it's not it's not her favorite. Her favorite is the Corona seltzers. Yeah, I've had those um, too. Uh, but yeah. the, these white claws, it took me a bit to ease into them. I got to be honest with you. Uh, my wife is a is an avid drinker of these. Uh, by that, I mean she's not putting pound in the twelve pack a day or anything, folks. She's just what I'm saying is this is her go-to sitting around a pool or sitting at the beach. This is what she wants because it's it doesn't hurt your stomach. It's it's light, yeah. you know. It's it's refreshing and I guess it kind of hydrates you. It's water without. Well, water. I mean, and and that's and that's good, you know. If it doesn't, you know, doesn't yeah. cause you any uh, any harm because I know there at one time, Hunter, you were, you were having some issues with with uh, yeah drinking drinking beer. Yeah, was, I was, was and that's kind of what, for, what, not forced me, but that's kind of what, uh, beer just wasn't a dream with me anymore, so I had to move on to something else, and this is what I found, this is what I stumbled upon, so I'm happy. So like you're it. a, so you're a claw guy now, I am huh? a claw guy. I've tried other seltzers, <laughs> but this is the one that I keep coming back to. All right, let's, <laughs> let's talk some football. This is crazy. Let's do it. So the ACC also dropped some news before all this. Obviously, we talked about Georgia-Virginia, Georgia and the SEC. Virginia's in the ACC. These two teams are no longer playing. What the ACC is doing, and I think it's very interesting, and I like it, is a 10-plus-1 model. Essentially, 10 in-conference games, one out-of-conference opponent. Those out-of-conference opponents have not been released yet. I would assume that the rivalry games like Florida-Florida State – uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech would stay intact. Clemson, South Carolina, yeah. those would be the, the out-of-conference games that I think what I would like to see. Now, that yeah. is all contingent, of course, on what the SEC does on their side. Because it could very well be that Georgia says no or SEC says no, we're going to do only in-conference, no out-of-conference games at all. Yeah, We'll talk about that in a minute. But I like this because they've also done away with the divisions. So now it's no longer north or south or, or whatever ACC was. But they are doing just whoever has the most wins and the, and the greatest win percentage at the end, they go to their conference championship. Yes, uh, I like it, man. I and, do. Yeah, I do too. And there's ordinarily, generally, usually, there's only 14 teams in the ACC. But there had to be, there was one added. So now there's 15, so odd number. So odd man out, wouldn't you know it, is Notre freaking Dame. <laughs> All of a sudden, they want to be a part of a conference. They they want to join in because, you know, of, well, we're not going to get to play if we don't join a conference. Well, it took a global damn pandemic to get them in a conference, but by God, they did it. Uh, man. I, I, I don't even talk about it. I can't stand them domers, man. You know, I don't, I don't like, I, whatever. I don't care. Let them be in the ACC, fine. I'm excited to watch them in Clemson play. Because I think Clemson's going to absolutely boat race them. I don't think yeah, it's going to be too. a game. But yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm interested to see how the other conferences follow suit. Uh, Greg Sankey, who was the SEC commissioner, announced again Georgia, Virginia not playing. They're supposed to have the lead president meeting tomorrow, where I suppose more of this will be discussed. I probably would say you're going to see a ten-game conference or ten-game season rather 
in the in the Southeastern Conference. I think this is going to be a model that that most are going to follow is the ten plus one, or most of them just staying in conference. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, it, I, I don't I don't see any any issue with. No, it. I don't either. Uh, I I'm at, I'm actually really excited to see it. Yeah, yeah, because, absolutely. You know, no, ordinarily SEC they play a six game division, you know, schedule, one annual crossover plus one rotating crossover. So normally they only play eight an eight conference in conference schedule uh, for their games. So I'm excited to see what this looks like, how the schedule is going to work out, and really this is what we've talked about for years, isn't it? Yeah. That man, yeah. you know, yeah. do away with these. With playing Toledo and San Jose State, and let, let, let's go with in conference. Just do SEC, let them play, and then keep a couple out of conference like Georgia Tech, and you know, because Georgia was the only SEC team with two Power Five out of conference games on their schedule with Virginia and Georgia Tech, which right obviously that's been trimmed. But the point is, and that's all a part of Kirby's strategy of aggressive scheduling. But uh, I'm excited to see it. I, the only question I really have is, are there going to be divisions when? SEC decides on what they decide on. Or are they going to go with the top two teams based on win percentage? That could be interesting, too. I, I hope yeah. that, I personally hope they keep divisions. I like the division play. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. But, but yeah, this is an interesting time and historic time. So it's going to be fun to see what happens. All right, so there's an ongoing debate for whatever reason. It's a question I see on Twitter all the time. I mean, he's going to tackle this today. And we're not going to get in depth with numbers here, folks. I'm not going to throw any out any numbers. We have some numbers, and you may hear some stats. But I encourage you, if you're on one side of this argument or the other, it, or even if you're not, and if you're just interested to see this, like if you're a Tennessee fan and you just want to see who, in fact, has the numbers to support what our answer is to this question. The question is, who's a better coach? Kirby or Dan Mullen? And I got to be honest with you, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to echo from Josh Pate. He does his own podcast, 24-7 Sports. I think it's called Late Kick with Josh Pate. Really good podcast. And he said what I've been thinking or wanted to say more elegantly than I could. So I'm going to, you know, if you if you listen to him and you listen to us, you're going to hear some echoes, but it's not original thoughts from him. It's just he organized them a lot better than I could. But first of all, what is your thought on this, JT? I mean, obviously we're Georgia fans, so we're gonna think it's Kirby Smart. But what? What? What's? What, if you're a Florida fan, I'm sorry. Where you? Where do you think and why that Dan Mullen is a better coach? On what I, metric? I, I. It. It honestly. It honestly, Hunter. It blows my mind. Where. And and I don't know if they're if they doing this just to get under their skin, you know, if they just or no, if they I really think they actually believe this. No, I think they legitimately believe this, or they want but to believe it at best. The the numbers are are definitely there, you know, to look at. Um, yes, please, if, by all if, means, go research them, folks. I encourage this. If if they want to look at the the win loss, if they want to look at the head to head. If they want to look at recruiting, which I mean, we all know that that's been a dominant factor, right? Um, I just, I, I just don't, I don't get it, man. I, I really don't. I, I just, I think that you know, whoever the Florida fans or whatever, if they, if they believe that, you know, I, I but think I, they're just 
There's some Florida fans that don't. There's some Florida fans that absolutely don't. They'll tell you why they don't. But here's the deal. What you just said a minute ago, recruiting. What are are some of the two things that every recent national championship, you can go back to 2014 when Ohio State won the first national championship in our the new college football playoff era. What are two things that Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, they're doing two things on a regular basis very well. Recruiting and coaching. Yep. Right? You you will not see. You will not find it at LSU even this most recent year. You will not see a team that has really good coaches but can't recruit anything beyond two and three stars with the occasional four star. They're still not going to win a national championship more than likely. That's just not going to happen. But the opposite is also true. You can recruit the highest level of talent possible, but if you can't coach them up, if you can't scheme them, right? Yeah. It does no good. It's just, it's just, it's not going to happen for you. More on that in a moment in regards to Kirby, and because we're going to talk about Georgia recruiting in the state that it's in right now. But there's nothing to support anywhere that Dan Mullen is a better coach. And you hear Florida fans, well, he's a better X's and O's coach, on-field play caller. No, why? Negative. Prove it. Negative. Show me where (laughs) he's beaten Kirby in any capacity, whether he was playing, whether Dan was playing versus Kirby as when Kirby was a coordinator, a defensive coordinator at Bama. He never beat him. Dan Mullen was always been his own offensive coordinator, right? He's never beat Kirby Smart. He's never beat him as a coordinator. He's never beat him as a head coach. Never not one time. The most points he's ever scored against Kirby Smart. 20 points. That's it. And that was when Mississippi State and Bama played, and it was a, it was a relatively close game. But they couldn't finish. Mississippi State couldn't. He has yeah, never beaten he has never beaten Kirby. And this all goes back, Hunter, and, and I know you remember. Um, you remember me saying back when we talked about this, you know, when we first started our, our podcast. Yeah. And we were talking about Dan Mullen and, you know, going to the Gators and everything. And I just told I said, he is not the guy. He's not yeah. going to get them where that program yeah. is used to being um, or should be. Right. Because of the, the plethora of talent that they have in that state. And they're yeah, getting out-recruited. Yeah, they're, that talent is leaving the state. Yeah, and it's, uh, it, it's he's just not he's not going to get he's not going to get it done. He's not the guy. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take for them to to realize that to see it. Um, maybe it'll be after this year. Um, I don't know. In Jacksonville, after we beat them again. Um, I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll put him on the hot seat. I don't know. I, but, I, uh, I, look, none of this is to say that Dan Mullen's not a good coach. He is a good coach. He's very good. But he, I just don't believe he's elite. I just don't. the The man, the man can't even. He can't even do a press conference. No, and yeah, you can't, yeah, and, yeah. and under and understand what he's talking about. His press conference last season after they after they lost to Georgia twenty four to seventeen, and he was, oh yeah, we run the ball. Oh, we have what what three carries for 
negative seven and a half yards. I mean, it was just, he was saying it like it was cool. Like that was all right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with his press conferences too. But don't don't tell me that he's a better X's and O's coach. When last year, last season, 2019, they were using the wrong friggin' wristbands. There was <laughs> they had to burn a timeout. Like what? Two timeouts <laughs> in the first quarter. But he's a better X's and O's coach. Get out of here. That's organization. That's on you as a head coach. Even yep. if you legitimately did not know or didn't have a hand in that, that's still yours to manage, bro. And don't don't tell me that that's, that he's better. He's still a yep. good coach. I'm not saying that. I'm not. And you know what? I actually think there is a possibility one day he's going to break through and he'll probably get a championship with Florida. Maybe if he can get the recruiting right. But the guy they stole from North Carolina that was supposed to bolster their recruiting is getting circles run around him by his old school. Mm-hmm. And then now Miami has figured out the South Florida, and they're keeping their boys at home. Now, Florida's going to get recruits because it's Florida. It's a historic program. But I just don't think you, you're going to have to out-recruit Kirby Smart, and that's just not that's not easy to do. What I think is funny about that, now you said that, Hunter, about the the uh, coach from North Carolina, you know, coming in, supposed to be a big recruiter and everything Tim else. Yep. And, uh, you remember at the beginning of the year, he was talking about how they had the number one recruiting class. Yeah, and, March. Yeah, and we, were March. La- and we were laughing like, dude, it's March, man. You need to calm, you need to calm down. Yeah. And that, that didn't last, didn't last too long. And you know what? We may be dead wrong here in Dan Mullen for right away to beat Kirby this year in Jacksonville. I personally don't think so. You want to know my true, honest opinion, JT? I think last year was his biggest window and biggest opportunity to do it. Why? His chance was last year. Because the anemic offense that Georgia had on the field. Yes, the defense was absolutely elite. But somehow, some way, James Coley, as deft as he was all season, found a way to beat Don Grantham third and Grantham to the tune of what was it he had like 12 of 18 for third down conversions that's ridiculous but people still call him the best DC in college I don't understand and this hasn't got anything to do not entirely to do with my disdain for Florida but it's just facts folks that's and I I can't stand the argument there's an argument that they always say this JT and you, you know you've heard it yeah but if you give Dan Kirby's talent the roster he's got shut up that's the stupidest argument you can make. That is a lazy, lame, horrible argument to make. I could probably win with the talent Nick Saban and Kirby Smart get. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't understand. That's that's a retarded. I drive a Nissan Frontier, right? If you put a Corvette engine or a Corvette engine in it, guess what? It's gonna be faster. But it doesn't have a Corvette engine in it. It's got whatever's in it now. It's just not gonna. It's, that's just such a lazy argument. So if that's your argument, if that's your go-to, yeah. But if Dan Mullen had the roster that Kirby has, he'd be winning champion. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. I'm sorry. No, he wouldn't. And again, I've seen him do some bonehead calls on field. Kirby too, though, in defense. But Kirby's not been coaching for you know a head coach for nine years before he came to. Yeah, another that's program. very true. But very very true. As far as right now, and it could change. We all know it could. But right now, there's no question, folks. Kirby's a better head coach. He's he's better all around. I mean, he's better at the X's and O's. 
Um, yeah. He's better at uh, motivating his players. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, he just you know, all all the way around. I mean, he's just he's just better. He just I, knows I mean, how to just, scheme against his Dan Mullen's offense. Dan Mullen's offense is nothing revolutionary, folks. It's nothing new. It was back in 06, maybe, his version, 08, when he was OC for Florida with Urban Meyer. But I still stand as reason, it stands to reason to me that was Urban Meyer's offense because that's what happened when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. He didn't take old Danny Boy with him, and his offense was just fine. Matter of fact, yep. it was just as high octane, if not better. So, and, you know, but you you can say the same about Alabama, I suppose. When Kirby left, there wasn't there was a drop off for Alabama's defense. Let's be honest, it wasn't a steep one. But I've heard other folks other folks say, and these were some Bama fans that it wasn't that Kirby was running Saban's defense; it's that Saban was running Kirby's defense. But Kirby learned from Saban, who's the best oh, yeah. coach in the history of football. All right, so that's settled. Kirby's better. It's not even a no debate. doubt. Not even a no doubt. All right, so UGA has a very crowded quarterback room right now, and this is unusual for us. We're extraordinarily stacked. I can't remember a time we've ever been this stacked in the QB room. Can you? No, it's it's been it's been a long time, man. Yeah. If 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 ever, I can, I can, I'm really I can't remember a time that, that we had this. Yeah, and you've been a fan longer than me, but by proxy, of, you've been on the earth longer than I have, <laughs> and. I, you just can't. And the same goes with the wide receiver room, bro. Like, I cannot think of a more talented wide receiver room ever at the University of Georgia. It's just it's just not there. And no. I don't know how I – we got two transfer quarterbacks. If you're new to this, you shouldn't be, but if you are, graduate transfer Jamie Newman came from Wake Forest. And JT Daniels, who has been granted immediate eligibility, he transferred in from Southern California. Former five-star JT Daniels, very good football player. And by and large, the reports are showing that he's adapting well to what is being asked of him, and he's fit seamlessly in the Georgia's uh, program and offense, and so has Jamie Newman. Uh, but behind those folks are guys like Dwan Mathis, who was a four-star, who came in after Justin Fields left with Ohio State. Very good football player. Carson Beck, who I am personally really excited about, four-star from Mandarin in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I can't. I hope he gets some chances, man. He's a good football player. They say oh, yeah. he's got the brain of Jake Fromm, but the arm of uh, what they say. Uh, I can't even remember the kind. He had a big arm. He's got a better arm than Jake Fromm. He's got an Eason arm. Yeah, I, I'm blanking on. Yeah, but he's actually got touch. Like Eason could throw it from here to Minnesota, you know. But he <laughs> really couldn't lay it in there. <laughs> but uh, I still like Eason. So if you're listening, Jake Eason, I miss you, buddy. I hope you do well in the NFL. I really liked him. Yeah. But I don't know, and it's hard for me to ask you because who knows? But who do you think is the nod? Who do you think starts? Because now, as it looks, it could be Georgia and Alabama week one. How crazy would that be? I know, man. That's uh, awesome. It's uh, I I feel I feel like um, I feel like Newman is has got the yeah. I guess he's got a jump on a slight one on the rest of the guys. Um, there again, you got JT Daniels that came in um, immediately eligible, uh, who's played, you know, also in the big stage. Yeah. Um, 
I, it's just, but I think I think I think Newman's going to get the I think he's going to get the nod to start. Yeah, um, I do too. I don't. If he, I mean, if he can keep it, great. Yeah, you know that's that's one thing. But he's got some guys that are hungry, uh, that are, you know, going to be breathing down his neck, chomping at the bits. Oh yeah, ready, to, ready to get, ready to get up under center. Dwan Mathis and Carson Bat, they're not taking all those laying down, man. They're they're going to compete. No, there's there's two yeah. lines of thought here though, JT, about Newman and Daniels. Uh, one is that. Kirby went and got JT Daniels from Southern California because Jamie Newman's just not going to get it done, and he's got to have JT Daniels. And he was, you know, Jamie Newman wasn't doing what we needed him to do in Todd Monken's new offense. And the other line of thought is, is well, we just needed the depth for experience. Yeah. That's the one I think. Because Kirby, man, Kirby's one of those guys, he just strikes me as a very much a strategist. He's going to be looking three or four steps ahead and kind of have his what-ifs covered as best he can. Because what if Jamie Newman goes down and he is the presumed starter, right? Who's behind him? Stetson Bennett? Yeah, he's great, but, I mean, Dwan Mathis hasn't really taken a snap in a meaningful game, in a meaningful moment. Carson Batch certainly hasn't. So I think this was, was, was a strategic move on Kirby's part for depth. And I agree with you, JT. I think Jamie Newman's going to be the guy under center. And it's an interesting situation that Kirby's got himself in because he's got to be very careful with how he manages two transfer quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. Especially one who this is his final year regardless. Because if you, for whatever reason, even if JT Daniels is the best, it's a very fine line because what do you do? What if JT Daniels is, in fact, the better quarterback and gives your team the best chance to win? Do you bench Jamie Newman after he left Wake Forest? to go to Georgia after he had many suitors. You know what I mean? And does that taint Kirby Smart from ever getting another quality transfer quarterback should he need one? It's interesting. I, I, I don't I don't think that I don't think it'll taint um his image at all. That's such a dirty Kirby Kirby word. is there. Kirby's there for one reason and one reason only and that's to win football games yeah. and win a national championship and he's going to do whatever is the best for the team to get that done. Um, I agree. And I know I can see a lot of people throwing questions up right now. Well, how come, you know, he didn't do anything with Fromm when he was having issues and, you know, the whole fields thing and all this yeah. kind of stuff. That all that, you know. That Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, that's that's uh, Nolan. You know. Yeah. But uh, I think that, that Kirby is going to do – Whatever is necessary, because this this season is defensively we're we're stacked. I mean, oh, without question. And look, listen, yeah. don't get it twisted. Offensively, bro, the tight end room alone. Trey McKitty coming from Florida State, who's already been dubbed as a as an NFL quality uh, tight end, along with John yeah. Fitzpatrick, who exactly. Yep. That's the kind of talent Kirby has sitting on the bench. But Florida, but yeah, Florida thinks they're going to – whatever. That's another question I'm going to ask you later. But anyway, uh, and then you got guys like Darnell Washington, who's nine and a half foot tall, you know, wearing the number zero, which is just a huge target on his chest. You know, I mean, 
just, that's this that's the tight end room jay have you seen anything about any news on him about because uh, I've, I've seen something the other day on twitter you know how you see all these things sometimes yeah. and there was some there was some questions brought up on on, on washington about you know him possibly playing out this season and if it doesn't work out or whatever entering the transfer portal uh i doubt very seriously because he's already said he loves georgia very much and he doesn't care who starts. He said it ain't about starts. It's about getting out there and making the most of your time when you get out there. Uh, he just misses his family. I mean, he lived in Las Vegas. He has a, he has a daughter and the mother of the daughter, who I assume is we'll just call it his wife for all intents and purposes. They're supposed to be visiting him soon. I've also heard that they're supposed to be moving to Athens to be close to him. I doubt very seriously he transfers. And if he does, yeah. it'd be he'd go probably out west. That would stand to reason. But it's not so stacked. Look, no one's eclipsing Darnell Washington. Once Trey McKitty, you're going to see Trey McKitty and you're going to see Darnell Washington. You will see Darnell Washington on the field this season, especially in the red zone. Yeah, There's absolutely. No, that's not just not a weapon you just don't use. I don't care if he was only 13 years old. <laughs> the the yeah, kid that size with that talent, no. You get him in there. Yeah. Yeah, you get Put your, one on one side, one on the other. I mean, you get your playmakers the ball, and I, I assure you, he's a playmaker. He was just expressing. He he did a, what he did was a Q and A, like an open air Q and A on Instagram, and somebody asked him, "How's George?" He said, "Oh, George is great. I love it. I love the coaches. I love my teammates. I just..." and he said, "It's not like I'm missing home or anything. I just miss my people." Yes, right. you know, and that that's cool. He he wouldn't be human if he didn't. But then you got wide receiver room that's looking like it does. You got, of course, you got Demetrius Robinson. You got George Pickens, who's going to be the best wide receiver in the country by the time the season's over with. Then you mm-hmm. got uh, Dominic Blaylock coming off of his knee injury. is supposed to be 100%. Then you got Jermaine Burton. You got Marcus Rosemey, who I'm excited about. Justin Robinson. It's ridiculous. Arian Smith, yeah. who's going to be fine, ready to go. So, yeah. Talent, 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 talent. Coming talent, out the man. ears, man. This is all based on recruiting. So, I, but I agree with you as far as Newman and Daniels. I do believe I believe we'll see Daniels take some snaps. Yeah, yeah. But I think Jamie Newman will be your starter, and I, I'm really excited to see him play. I really am, and I'm really excited to see what I'm hearing and being told is a basically a complete overhaul of Georgia's offense. If you can imagine, because the the running back room we got is pretty stacked too, a little bit unproven, but mm-hmm. still stacked. James Cook. Zamir White, Kenny McIntosh, who I'm hearing great things about. Uh, of course, Kendall Milton, who I think is going to be one of the best running backs to ever come through the University of Georgia. And that's saying a lot, right? But that, yeah. that's, that's the kind yeah. of potential that kids got. So, but yeah. So I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. I am beyond excited. <laughs> so what we're going to do real quick, we're going to take a short break, okay? And we're going to hear from our sponsors. And then on the other side, we're going to get into some more football talk. And then we're going to get into some fun questions. And one of them is actually a question from a fan off of Twitter. So we thank you for that. And I didn't write down who asked it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, We'll be right back. Hey guys, this episode of the Dropouts Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at JD's Landscaping and Irrigation. They are the professionals when it comes to your landscaping projects. Give them a call. Call Trey Heath, 912-271-6320. They can and will meet all of your landscaping needs with 
expertise. Our other sponsor for this show is brought to us is brought to you by Backwoods Customs Georgia out of Odom, Georgia. They are the authorized Rhino Liner dealer. Now, what is Rhino Liner, you ask? Rhino Linings is the world leader in sprayed-on truck bed liners and the bed liner brand most asked for by name. They offer the widest selection of professionally installed bed liner products, including Hardline Tough Grip and their brand new Solar Mats, which provides outstanding UV protection and color that's built right into the chemistry, unlike other leading brands. Now, they don't just spray your truck beds. Nah, they do boats, they can do ATVs, they can do your Jeep, they do coolers. They do everything pretty much you can put a spray liner on. These guys can do it. So give them a call. You got Timothy Heard at 912-424-0565 and then Ryan Harrison at 912-402-3534. Again, that's Backwoods Customs, Georgia. We really, really appreciate their sponsorship. They're great guys out of Odom, Georgia. Give them a call. Backwoods Customs, Georgia. Again, thank you guys for listening. Big thank you to our sponsors, and thank you for staying with us. And here we are on the other side, and I'm about to pop a top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, listen, here you go. Oh, that's the whitest. Uh, that's a white claw that black is, cherry. Yeah, that, yeah, that is uh, that's a that's a pretty pretty good sound there. Yep, yes, it is, and it's whew, it's cold, and it's tickling my lip right here. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I had a not, couple of. Yeah. A couple of nice cold ones the other day sitting on uh, St. Simon's Island. Ooh, St. Simon's. My favorite besides Jekyll. But I also enjoy Jacksonville Beach. So, yeah. So, White Claw, if you're, we're getting a lot of free advertisement here on the Dropouts podcast. Step it up. Send me some free <laughs> cases. All right. So, we talked about on the first half, Kirby versus Mullen debate. The crowded UGA quarterback room, which is unusual. For us, uh, and then of course the wide receivers, and we talked about who we think is going to start between Jamie Newman and JT Daniels. Uh, but let's talk about Georgia's recruiting for 2021 and what it means right now in terms of where we are. Because we've been missing a lot here lately. We've yeah. been missing a good bit. Um, James Williams, who so he, he committed to Miami. Uh, Tony Grimes, who's a really good-looking prospect out of Virginia, committed to North Carolina. Uh, and that's among others. Marcus Burke was wide receiver out of Jacksonville. He actually committed to Florida. Um, but, yeah, there's been a couple misses. Oh, and a big one, in my opinion, Terrence Ferguson, who is a home yeah. state boy, uh, really highly rated offensive line prospect, committed to Alabama. Alabama's uh, uh, offensive line class, by the way, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Quite possibly. Trenches, man. Dude quite possibly one of the best offensive line classes in the history of recruiting is what they're talking about. That's the kind of talent they got. Yeah, man. That's just where you win it, man. Trenches. You know, that's where you win it. Yeah, you know, and people used to say, well, if Nick Saban, if he didn't recruit so well, he wouldn't win so much. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, a genius. That's a, that's a genius statement. Who said that to somebody and that person they said that to like, you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> I swear the the lack of logic with some of this stuff is just astounding. Uh-huh. All right, so right now, yes, it's only let's just call it August. We're here. This is what July twenty ninth or whatever. Just call it August. All right, we're prepping for the season. Are we in panic mode as Georgia fans for what's happening with the twenty twenty one recruit class? 
well, I mean, we kind of we kind of talked a little bit about this um, right. the other day, and I, I'm I'm at the assumption of I'm I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Um, I still think that we're we're good, um, we're loaded yeah. where we need to be. I think that Kirby Kirby's a closer. So he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna find the the right people with the right fit for for mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, I do think there is some possible flips maybe later on. There's gonna be flips. Um, yeah. There's gonna. I, be I mean, flips. there always there always is. Yeah. I don't uh, think I he's mean, gonna flip James Williams for Miami or anything, or even Tony Grimes from North Carolina. But, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think many people is gonna flip. Anybody from Miami right now, man, because they are hey, they're they figured out, dog. They're in Fuego right now. Yeah, and you know what? What better way to sell your program? Say, hey, play for the hometown. That's awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Play for the hometown crowd. Heck yeah, man! Represent your city. Let's do it. Palmetto, right there, that high school that produces a lot of talent. Like, and and, and who wouldn't want to play in Miami? Yeah. This, I mean, you got Sunset Boulevard down there. It's, yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually physically been to Miami, but in my brain, I mean, I've been to Miami. I can imagine what it looks uh, like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's time to hit the panic button no. just yet. Um, There's a reason why people call Kirby Smart the flip artist. Yeah, Jermaine Burton is a perfect example of last last cycle. He was committed to LSU for a long time. Matter of fact all the way up until the early signing period. Right? And then yep. he decided he wanted to be a George Bulldog because he was originally from Georgia, was in, but it was in California playing uh, football. That was not expected by any means. Right? That was that was a big flip. And that's been one of many. So the, Kirby does his best work just before the signing period. Yeah. And he's going to... Let, let, me, let me apologize to the Miami people real quick. I... I just, I spoke when I, like, I just wasn't thinking. Um, I've been to Miami many times. Yep. Uh, and I said Sunset Boulevard is not Sunset Boulevard. It is South Beach. Oh, so they got I, sunsets there, too. I bet I there's apologize. a Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, but it's South Beach, man. That <laughs> is a 24-7 party down there. Yeah. Uh, so I apologize about that. Didn't mean it. So... <laughs> Just don't hold Forgive me. Forgive us. You know? Lord knows yeah. we got a huge following of Miami Hurricanes. But we're talking yeah, good yeah. about you guys. We don't ever talk bad about you. I was rooting for you last season when you all played Florida in week zero. You almost beat them <laughs> with Jaron Williams. I don't know if you remember that or not. I do. Yeah, Felipe I do Franks. Too. I do this. All the yeah, way this to Fayetteville. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm not hitting the panic button. I, I, I Talk to me after National Signing Day. Yeah, you know what I mean. We'll see where we are, but even more than that, we mean you've talked about this not at length, but we've talked about it, and it's that Kirby's got to do something this year with the four and five stars he's gotten out of the two number one recruit classes he's had and the number two recruit class in the past three years. If he doesn't do something with the talent that he has, you know what I'm saying? Remember, we talked about this about being an elite recruiter, but you also got to have the other half of that equation, which is developing your talent and putting that talent in the position to win. Now, Kirby's done this now. There's no two ways about it. 
He's been in the SEC championship. He's won the East three times in a row, which means he's been to three SEC championships, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. He's won one of them. He got to the college football playoff. He won the only football playoff he's ever been in against uh, Oklahoma, which is the best football game I've ever seen in my lifetime, in my opinion. And then he got to the national championship and, and lost literally in the last second of overtime. Okay. So within well within striking distance. So Kirby's putting these boys in, in position to win. It's just got to be more consistent and hit that next level. If you can do that with these four and five stars that you have, recruiting will take care of itself. Right? But we're, the opposite. We're so, we're so close. Right. Uh, we're so close. We can we can taste it. Oh, no, we've licked we, it. He licked yeah, the trophy. We just, we just cannot just – No, we can't. Uh, it's coming. Yeah. There's no two it ways is. about it. Because the it talent is. he's got right now is so deep. For example, somebody asked me on Twitter yesterday afternoon, because Malik Neighbors, who is a very good wide receiver out of Louisiana, chose Mississippi State over Georgia. And they said, oh, man, that's that's problematic, don't you think? Said, no, it's not. Why would you come to Georgia right now as a wide receiver with the room we have? The young room we have. you got to think, George Pickens is on year two. So we got him for this year and at least one more. Jermaine Burton and all these other boys that just come in, that's the that's the new that's the new breed. You know? That's the next the next class. So it's very deep. Now of course you wanna get these other wide receivers. You wanna get the Marcus Burks and the Malik neighbors. But what Kirby's gotta do, Kirby and company, Todd Munkin, Buster Faulkner, Dan Lanning, we gotta like you just said, we gotta break through. We gotta get to that next level. Because if you don't, well then you're gonna see elite recruiting start taking a dip. Yeah, and you absolutely. can't have you can't have that. Now, do I think this year we're going to get the number one recruit class? Probably not. I don't. Even, I really don't think we're going to be top three. I'll be happy for top five. You know, we got we got to stay top five, top six in order to stay ahead of the competition because Tennessee's recruiting well. You know, Kentucky's getting their fair share. To be fair, Florida's doing a little better. They still lost a recruit to Boston College. <laughs> They're second highest rated recruit, by the way. And I firmly believe there's going to be more flips out of their class. I do. You know why? Yeah. Because Miami. I think Miami's the one that's going to start doing a lot better in the state of Florida. Because that's that's yeah. another adverse effect of this COVID-19. These kids don't want to leave home. They want to stay home. I don't blame them. Well, they're trying to bring the U back, man. Yeah. So I'm not worried about Georgia's recruiting for 2021, I think that the, the recruiting will take care of itself when you when your on-field product is doing what it should be doing. You got Brock Vandergriff coming in, who, in my opinion, is going to be the jewel of the 2020 recruit class. Five-star quarterback with a super high ceiling. Already got a high floor. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But his ceiling is really high. And he's really excited be, about him. Yeah, me too. Arm strength for days. Uh, let's talk about this real quick briefly because I don't want to spend a lot of time about it. Is the UF hype real? Are they legit mm-hmm. contenders to beat Georgia and take over the East for this year and, and, and turn the tables? You already know how I feel about it. Yeah, I think we've already kind of hinted at this. I just, what I don't <laughs> understand, I don't get it. Again, I look at the things, I look at the things that they were saying about Georgia in 2019. What were they saying about Georgia in 2019? Well, oh, they just lost four of their top five receivers. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's that's all we heard, right? That's all we heard for a long – oh, and they got – of course, we had a new 
OC. Well, granted, Florida's got continuity there. Okay. And we and we had lost Sony. We had lost Chubb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we we lost them after 2017. Yeah. You know, we didn't have Elijah Holyfield. They were gone. He he left. We had DeAndre Swift. But what I'm trying to understand is we had DeAndre Swift. We had Zamir White coming in. We had some proven commodities running back. Florida not only lost their top receivers on offense, but they've also lost Lamichael Piran or Lamichael Piran, whatever his name is, to the NFL, who was a good back, underutilized, and just was never – he never progressed under Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And now you've got Damian Pierce, who was a good running back. And behind him, Lorenzo Lingard, also a good running back. Very much unproven. There's just – I don't know. They a lot, lot of lot of un, that, that's the key word there. A lot of unproven right right now. Not just them. that. You've also got a coach who really doesn't care to use running backs. I guess I don't really know what the you deal got a is. coach. You got a coach who's unproven also. <laughs> hey, look, he's he can win games. He can. Matter of fact, I saw today against top what was it top the last fifteen games against top ten opponents. He's seven and eight, so he can do it. Granted, that's a losing record, but the point <laughs> is, you know, it's. It's still not a bad record. He can win. He just doesn't really win. He's never been to the big game. No. But and that's not. This isn't. Again, I'm not knocking Dan Mullen. What I'm getting at is, what's with the hype? Was it Kyle Trask? That's what we're hinging all this on. I think is Kyle Trask. Yes, Kadarius Tony is fast, but he wasn't used. Granted, he no. was hurt a lot. I think. So then that brings. Well, okay. So stability is an issue. You know, and you got some other receivers. I don't even remember their names right now. Uh, Copeland, I believe, is his name. Good players, but just like their career stats was ridiculously low. Whatever they threw out the other day. Well, I they think were, they lost. They, they lost. They lost Swain, which was one of their their main main targets. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Now I will say, Kyle. They Pitts, still have Pitts. They still have Pitts. He is very good. Yeah. And he's not a traditional a tight target. end. He's a big target. He's a very good route runner. He's very physical. I like his game. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for him. But when that's all you got, now he's, they've got other players. I'm not saying that's all they got. For Like, they have no talent. They do. They just don't have anything proven. There's going to be a drop-off in the wide receiver room of Florida Gators. Let's just say it that way. Because when you lose your Miko Hardmans and your Terry Godwins and your Isaac Nautas, you're going to have a drop-off. That's mm-hmm. all they talked about 2019 season is the drop-off we were going to have. But now all of a sudden Kyle Trash is the next Joe Burrow. I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. His deep ball accuracy is horrible. I, I'm just I'm not buying the, the hype behind Kyle Trash. And let's, that's not even talking about Florida's defense, bro. C.J. Henderson is gone. He's not coming back. Jabari uh, Zunig is gone. David Reese is gone. Jonathan Grenard is gone. These guys ain't coming back. No. That was and that was a lot of their defense. Yes, they have talent. Kyrie Lom is a good talent. But he didn't have the experience CJ Henderson did. And CJ Henderson got burnt a lot. Yeah. He sure did. So, he got he got ran over quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, I, I'm not buying the the Florida hype. I could be way off, it could be way wrong. My bias, my fanboy could be getting in the way here, but I think me and you would pretty much agree. This is just 
What happens this year, Florida fans? And this is a legitimate question. And what happens if Dan does not win this year against Georgia? What happens then? What's the conversation? Are we still going to be talking about having the debate, well, Chris, still a better head coach? Because there's nothing now to support that. So what's the conversation? You know what I mean? After, let's say he loses again for what is essentially would be the fourth year in a row. Because I'm, you know, it'll be Florida's fourth year in a row, but also Dan's because, you know, 2017 when he was at uh, Mississippi State and he got boat raced. You remember that game? It's yeah, oh yeah, man. I, I I remember that. I remember that game well because uh, I remember Flea you flicker. you were you were worried. I was, yeah. You were worried, and I told you that it was going to be a massacre. And it was thirty-one to three. That was a good game. <laughs> it was a very fun game to watch. Yeah. So the UF hype. I'm not. I'm not. I think a lot of it. JT has to do with it's just Georgia fatigue for the East. They want something else. And by yeah. they, I mean the national media knows, well, if we keep talking about Georgia, it's going to be fatigued. It's just why you'll see in the West, how many years have they talked about Texas A&M in the West? It's Bama fatigue. They want somebody from the West to challenge Bama. But there's yep. no denying Bama's pedigree. There's no denying that, you know, now LSU's there. You know, and we're talking about them. All right, so I want a hot take for 2020 season. JT, putting you on a hot seat or putting you on the – yeah, hot seat. Putting you on the spot. I got a hot take. You want to hear mine? I have nothing to support it. That's why it's a hot take. Ole Miss beats Florida. I, and I'm still operating off the red, you know, the original schedule. But I think Ole Miss beats Florida. I mean, I, I can see that. I really can. I absolutely can. Ole Miss got a lot of um, talent, man. Yep. Jerry and Amy's good, good running back. I think um, what's that boy? I can't remember his name now. John Rice Plumley. Mm-hmm. Scrappy little quarterback. Who ran for almost three hundred yards? Yeah, against LSU. <laughs> against LSU. Yeah. <laughs> At one uh, time, they were Georgia not, commit. Yeah, they were not ready for him. No. <laughs> no. But yeah, I think that's my hot take. And that's nothing to do with Florida. It's just more to do with. I think Lane Kiffin is going to really find his groove at Ole Miss. I think he he realizes his chances are running out in the SEC. You know, between Tennessee and Bama and now Ole Miss, this may be his last hurrah as an SEC coach in any capacity. So he's going to make the best out of it. So are we are we doing SEC hot take? No, right you now? do a hot is take college doing? football. I don't care. No records. Well, I gave I gave you a hot take on our last one and you you thought I was absolutely nuts. Well, that was back it. in March. What was the hot take about then? And that was that was before the pandemic and everything. So yeah. the pandemic the pandemic may have an effect on this actually. Okay. I told you that uh my hot take was uh Ohio State not making the playoff. Ooh. Yeah, okay, I'm and, still... <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's exactly what you said. You was like, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still can't... I don't know, man. I can't get on with that one. I just... Who who in the Big Ten... You know what? You might be on the same with Maryland. Isn't Maryland in the Big Ten? No, that's ACC. No. No. I'm confused. I have confused myself. Where's Maryland? Big Ten, right? <laughs> so... Uh... Yeah. 
They're in the Big Ten, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure they are. Anyway, I don't know. I, I think Ohio State's pretty much down a lot because Michigan's not beating Ohio State. I'm sorry. I don't know how big of a following we have in Michigan or from Michigan fans, but I just don't think Jim Harbaugh's got it in him to beat Ohio State. And I, I think you could have Dennis the Menace as the head coach of Ohio State, and Jim Harbaugh's not going to figure out a way to beat him. He just can't do it. What about what about uh, the Nittany Lions? You don't think that they're no? I, I just they're going to give him a run. I don't think so. I mean, and I, I could be way off, bro. If if there's anybody in the Big Ten, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Something about Maryland standing out to me, man, because they they are Big Ten, and yeah, between Maryland and Penn State, those would be interesting games, but. I just think Ohio State's firepower, and I'm going to say it, Justin Fields is a dynamic football player, and they had their wide receiver core is great. And I wish Justin Fields was still at Georgia, I'll say it. But he's it's not. Just, this is, hey, it's a hot take, man. Oh, hot yeah, take. and I like it. I like it. And I, <laughs> I hope I hope you're right because that would be – that would certainly – that would be interesting because then who, you know? Who gets mm-hmm. in? All right, so – Got the hot takes out the way. I say Ole Miss is going to beat Florida. Jo- um, JT says Ohio State will not make the t- the playoffs. Those are pretty hot takes. Yeah, yeah. And those are rooted in nothing factual, folks. Just, that's why it's a hot take. All right, so this is a fan question that I got. Uh, it wasn't just me. It was several people in the thread, and it was other podcast Twitter pages because we're all friends and we all get along. And they asked, you know, if you could select one team from each Power 5 conference to cheer for, who would it be? Uh, Of course, you can stick with your own team now. In other words, ours is Georgia from the SEC. That will not change. Uh, But they want to know, like, who would you pick from the Pac-12? Who would you pick from the ACC, the Big 10, the Big 12, the other Power 5 conferences? If you could choose one team to say, I like them, that's my team from that conference, who would it be? And I got to be honest, I struggle with this. Yeah. I'm still sitting on one right now. I don't know how I'm going to answer when my time comes. <laughs> but disclaimer, folks, Georgia's our team from the SEC. There's no two ways about it. Matter of fact, whatever teams we talk about from these other conferences, if Georgia's playing those other teams, we're still rooting Georgia. We're not going out no. buying any other team's gear here. No, no. This is just for fun. Yeah, okay? this is all red and black, man. So let's start. Let's start with the Big Ten. We were just there. Okay. I think I would have to go with the Buckeyes, Ohio State. I have family that's deep in Buckeye country, so and I see them every year. Naturally, you're not a Buckeye fan yet? <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. So, you know, but I have an affinity, a soft spot for them, more so now since Urban Meyer's moved on. So I, that would be my Big Ten team. Who will not make the playoffs? <laughs> will not make the playoff, according to JT. Hey, I like it, man. Uh, so you say the Buckeyes, huh? Yeah, I, I go to Buckeyes. It was between them and Michigan State. And I kind of, I kind of battled with this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, love Sparty, love Sparty. But, you love uh, Sparty because of the basketball team. Well, yeah, that too. Um, I just. I just, I mean, I love Spartan. I love Spartan. Man. Yeah. I, I was, you know, how could you not? Yeah. Well, their their alternate uniforms are freaking horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also struggled with Penn State because yeah. I love Penn State's uniforms. I'm not love a James them. Franklin fan, man. I, I'm not either. 
I just love the uniforms. They're classic. I do just, like the uniforms. Yeah, I mean, just you know, one of the one of the top uniforms in, in college football, in my opinion. Mm. But it all comes down to coaches. Yeah. And I really, really love this coach. Um, his motivation, his just the his his coaching, uh, the way he handles himself. Uh, and it's PJ Fleck, man. Like, yeah. The Golden Gophers. Um, hate the colors, despise the colors. They're horrible. Looks yeah. like somebody threw up on it. Um, but uh, except when they wear the gold, when they wear their gold helmet. Yeah. When they wear the gold helmet, no, uh, that's, it's that's still, a little bit better. It's still pretty gaudy. It, I mean, it is. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't like the colors. I, I can get but, with uh, PJ Fleck. Yeah, I love him, man. Uh, he, I think he's. I think he's great. I think he's doing good things at Minnesota too. He, and you know what? You're right about his. He looks like he's having a time of his life. Oh yeah, and that's, Let, that's the boat, cool. man. Yeah. Row the boat. That's always cool. <laughs> All right, so let's jump over to the left coast, Pat Twelve. I had a hard time with this one too. I'm gonna let you go first because I'm still kind of, I'm still kicking this one around. I'm not really Pac sure. Pat Twelve. Yeah. Pat Twelve. You, you you're probably gonna be shocked at this. Yeah. I think you will be. I I love Herm Edwards. Loving, and Oof. love the Sun Devils, man. I'm taking the Sun Devils in the Pac-12. What kind of powers does the Sun Devil even have? Uh, he's got a fort, man. <laughs> he's got the a pitch Sun fort. Devils, Arizona State. Wow, that is. Yeah. I got to. Yeah, you got me. I, I had no I love, idea. Yeah, I love Herm Edwards, man. The default for me for with the Pac-12 is either to go USC or Oregon. You know, and that's just, it seems like a cheap answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because those are the two powers that be uh, in the Pac-12. But i, I got to be honest with you, I like Mario Cristobal. That's what it came down to me. Okay. Was I had to, When I had to say, you know what, I, I like what he's doing. He's building an exceptional defense. Yeah. Uh, I don't care for a lot of Oregon's uniforms. Those horrible highlighter yellow, I, I can't get with them. But I had to take all that out and, and just look at who they are as a football team. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think they got a good core coaches. I, I really like Mario Cristobal. I really do. Uh, and I think he's found his fit at Oregon. So I'd have to say I had to go with the Ducks. But it was close with the Trojans. Yeah. Yeah. There just wasn't a whole lot. There's not a lot. Pac-12 to me leaves a lot to be desired in terms of football. Well, there again, you know, I, I mean, that's – Yeah. you you got to love the Trojan the tradition there. I do. Um yeah, uh, but their away yeah, uniforms are way better than their home uniforms. Yeah, those colors, man. Yeah. Those can't, can't but I guess I colors. would be a a duck man for the Pac-12. It's weird to say. Nice. Okay, so here's another one I struggle with: the Big Twelve. I'll let you go first on this one too, because I'm. <laughs> I, I, this, this has been. I just saw this question today, and I was like, you know, that's pretty interesting. We'll bring that up, and I didn't really think it through. So, I'm not really sure who I'm going with here. I'm going to tell you, man. It, it, this was pretty easy for me. Um, I, I really love this team because, uh, I mean, they have they have upset a lot of teams at home. Yeah. If they can ever figure out how to play on the road. I know, I know, I know exactly where you're <laughs> going with this. <laughs> if they can ever figure out how to play these teams on the road, in these big games, man, 
it'll be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, it's Iowa State. Yep. I knew, Sykes, I knew man, you were going to Cyclones. Do that. Yep. Uh, they are. They are. They are deadly in Ames, Iowa. I mean, don't yeah. don't go in don't go into Ames, Iowa, if you're a top rated team and thinking you're gonna have a cakewalk in there. That's right. Uh, so, okay. uh, yeah, I, I I like Cyclones in the, in the Big Twelve, man. Yeah, and you know what? The same thing applies here as it did in the Pac-12, as it does with the Big Twelve. There's kind of two teams you kind of can default to, and that's Oklahoma for obvious reasons, and then Texas. But Texas, I can't, I can't rock with that, with that orange man. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. Um, so I think I may actually surprise you with my answer. I think I'm pretty settled on it. Uh, and that's Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Red Raiders. The huh? Red Raiders. Yep. I've always kind of I like their, and this is so cheap. <laughs> this is so, so surface mm. level cheap. I like their uniforms. <laughs> Michael Crabtree though was a very right. very good wide receiver. It's, and they're red was, and black, man. Yeah. Why couldn't you like it? <laughs> and with with Cliff King, Kingsbury, remember when he was there, and they were oh, just yeah. they never ran the ball. I think they fired all the running backs, and they said yep. we just want nothing but wide receivers. Like their offensive linemen were all wide receivers. It was ridiculous, and there was this air raid offense, and that team was so much fun to watch. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was a part. Of, you know what I mean? It, yeah. So that that would be my pick out of uh, the Big Twelve. I kicked them around. It was between them and West Virginia, and I had no reason to pick West Virginia other than the fact I want to go to West Virginia, not the college, but the state. So that was why. Well, I started I started to pick West Virginia also because I've got a uh, I've got a I got a friend who I went to high school with. Yeah. Uh, whose son plays uh, offensive line at West Virginia, and. Uh, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and I keep up with him, you know, on on Instagram and Facebook, and you know, all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a good guy. Um, yeah, I'm sure his kid is is just as good as he is, and because he was raised well, and uh, uh, Bob Moore is 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 the guy's name, his his son, um, and. Uh, He's a police officer in North Carolina, actually. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, shout out to shout out to Bob, man. Shout out to Bob Moore. Yep. All right, so that only leaves. We obviously know that Georgia is our team in the SEC. That goes without saying, but that leaves the ACC. And no, Notre Dame is not an option. So suck it. <laughs> you got to choose from the other crappy teams that the ACC has. <laughs> This one uh, I had. This one I had the most trouble with because I got to be honest with you. Of all the teams that I think are crappy in that conference, there's quite a few I could see myself if I wasn't a Georgia fan. Yeah, not, not Georgia I, Tech, not even close. But this is this is the one. This is this is the conference I struggle with also. Okay, do you want to go first? Was, or do you want me to go first? I was I was just like, man, I just, I just don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, my wife, you know, she's she throws out the Duke. I'm like, Basketball. babe, really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't hoops. We're talking football. <laughs> oh man. But uh no, I, I tell you, um if if I was to root for an ACC team, the atmosphere at night in this place um is unreal. Uh and no, I'm not talking 
about Death Valley. Oh, boy. Okay. I was wrong in my brain. I'm talking about Blacksburg, Virginia. The Hokies. Virginia Tech. Really? Yes. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I, I honestly thought you were going Clemson. Negative. I thought you would go Clemson. <laughs> uh, I think that I think you guys are gonna be really surprised, and a very good friend of ours is gonna be very disappointed with my answer, Dustin Armstrong. If you happen to listen to this, I'll go ahead and tell you I'm sorry. <laughs> Florida State was very much in consideration with this because my uncle is a huge fan of Florida State, and I grew up around him, and he's always talked about, you know, Bobby Bowden and whatnot, and I like Florida State. I do. Yeah. I didn't like him when Jimbo Fisher was there. I just didn't. I didn't like Jameis Winston. But uh, I like Florida State because an enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they don't like the Gators either. So by proxy, uh, that would be my easy and clear number two for the ACC, right? But then I was looking mm-hmm. and saying, man, I, I kind of like Virginia, the Cavaliers, no good reason, mm-hmm. other than the fact, again, I, I would like to go to that Virginia as well. Never mm-hmm. consider Virginia Tech. Uh, never consider Georgia Tech. But I think my team would have to be Miami. I think I would have to choose. I, I, I just kind of knew that you were swinging that way. Yeah, and it's got I, nothing I, I, to do with their recent recruiting prowess. It's just I, no. one of them historic teams. Yeah. That just always seems to kind of ebb and flow, and they're just scrappy. And you know what? I dig the green jerseys with the white helmets. I like. Oh yeah, them. I I, lo- I love. Yeah. Except for the orange. I, I yeah. love the colors. You yeah. know. But they, think, their use of orange was a, is a I don't know. Their use of orange doesn't bother me. The orange and green looks a whole lot better than orange and blue. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, without question. And see, and yes. again, I I feel immediately feel bad because I'm like, you know what? Actually, maybe Florida State because I do like Florida State. This is a horrible question to answer. This is a it kind of got emotional to, with this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it it really. I mean, you you gotta think really. I mean, you gotta you gotta dive into it and like. Uh... Yeah, and you know what? It really depends. Like, if you ask me this question three weeks from now, I may have completely different answers. Because this is very much conditional on a lot of stuff, yeah. you know. Because if Urban yeah. Meyer decides he wants to go and coach Ohio State again, oh well, that scraps them. I'm not. <laughs> a, I don't like Urban Meyer. Not a fan. All right, moving on. New question. Really fun question. This is cool. I'm, I'm excited to hear what your answer is. It's putting you on the spot. I've already got an answer, so it's not fair. But <laughs> I acknowledge that. If you could have a walk-up song for your life, what song would it be? Oh wow! Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really life. cool question. Yeah, for my life. You just like if you were about to walk into Target, you know what I mean. You wanted people to know you're about to come in. What's your walk-up song? You pull up at the at, at the parking lot, B Dubs. JT's arrived. You know how I know that? I can hear the song. Oh man! Well, you know. How much of a Caribbean junkie I am! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Bob Marley, man. Don't worry. Good choice. A, about a thing. Let, 
Three, Three Little, little Birds, things. man. It's yeah. going to be all right. Great song. See, I'm going to go on. <laughs> that, I like that. That's a, And that fits you. For those that know JT, that fits JT. Low-key, smooth, relaxed, cool. That's right. Mine's a little more in your face. <laughs> How could I imagine Just that? a little bit more. Because <laughs> you're going to know it's Uncle Wade's about to walk through the door. <laughs> Spoon Man from Soundgarden. Hey. Yep. One of my all-time favorite bands, and that's one of my favorite songs I got. And uh, I don't know. That's just the first one that came to my brain, and it felt right. I said, that's what I'm going with. So Spoon Man, if you have never heard it, shame on you. Find it now. You will thank me later. All right, one more. Actually, there's going to be two more. Best TV these show are, themes. These are, these, these are questions that were brought up to, to you? Uh, not just to me. It's just ones I've seen kind of floating around Twitter. I was like, these are really cool questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best TV show theme song. This one I was able to answer pretty quickly, too. Best TV show theme song. Yeah, like one of the most popular ones is Friends. Yeah. Eh, not a It's whatever. I love, I love Friends. Yeah. I love, I love watching Friends. Um, wow. Best TV show theme song. Yeah. Tough one, but my yeah, for is. some reason mine came. I was able to get mine pretty quick. Well, go with yours first. What was yours? Friday Night Lights TV show. No words, just this really nice, cool music. I don't know something about that music when it starts playing. I don't know. It just it fits the show. It fits the mood of the show. Makes me feel good. That's my favorite. So we're talking about like a series on TV. Yeah. Is that is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. That or MASH? Uh, no, not MASH. <laughs> um, although, you know, I, I, I do like MASH. I've yeah, watched MASH show. for years. Um, wow. Man, this is this is, this one this is right here. One. Yeah, this one right here will make you And think. it's not fair. I did have a jump on this. So, to be fair, I had somewhat of a... I had time to think. Uh, yeah, it's... Wow. Um. Man. I guess I, I'm. I know it's tough. Like, yeah. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? That one? I, I know. Um. I'm I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go with, uh, and it's really the only thing that I can think of right now. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go with the Rock Man with with Ballers on HBO. Uh, I don't even the, know what that uh, is. Never seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's it's a little Wayne. Oh well. Gotta be good then. <laughs> it's Lil Wayne. Lil. Lil Wayne. All right. So, last question before we close out the show. You have to pick one player that you really like from a team that you really hate. And I think we kind of both already did this. But a team you really hate that has a player that you really actually like. 
like this can be any team at all? Any team at all. And mine's Kyle Pitts from Florida. That's my pick because I think he's a fantastic football player. Huh. So football, baseball. Yeah, sure. We can span it to baseball. If you say Bryce Harper, I will fire you now. You will no longer be my brother. Oh, man. Uh, man, that's that's a tough one, too. Um, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, that, that is... There's really... See, and that's, it was easy for me because there's really not like an NFL team that I hate. There's not a major league baseball team that I hate. There's but there's there's one or two college football teams that I really don't like when everybody is it play is it played for or do they have to still be playing or can they not be yeah, playing anymore? You can expand it to say that because you know, Tim Tebow would come to mind too and again that's freaking Florida, but you know. No, nah, he can be a former player. Okay. They didn't really specify the little thread, and I didn't pay attention to any more of the answers to see well, how I can't. Went. I can't stand, and this is probably going to upset some some friends of ours who, uh, who who listen to this. Oh boy! I cannot stand the Yankees, <laughs> but I loved Derek Jeter. Who doesn't love Derek Jeter? Such a class act, man. Yeah, hands down. Such a class act. Besides Cal Ripken um, Jr., the best shortstop to ever play the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my hate for the Yankees runs so deep. Yeah, good so answer, though. Deep. Good answer. I like your answer better than mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Derek Jeter, uh, everybody knows who Derek Jeter is. That's the crazy thing. Whether you played baseball or not or follow baseball or not, you know who Derek Jeter is. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. Yeah, hey, I, man, I, I rooted for him. I, and I hated to see him sometimes come up in clutch situations against somebody that I was rooting against because most everybody that played them, yeah. I was rooting for the other team. Because um, I just I just, I just, just have a hate for the New York Yankees, man. Yeah. Just a hate. I don't really hate. Like I said, I don't hate the Yankees. I, I don't hate, like, the Mets, I guess, would be the closest thing. But I don't even hate the Mets. I just think they're stupid. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I don't think that's hate. I mean, you're calling yourself the Metropolitans. Be creative. Jeez. <laughs> of course, New York's a metropolitan. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Anyway, guys, it was so fun to be back. God, thank you so Absolutely. much for tuning in if you're listening. Spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah, find us on Twitter. We, we engage a lot on Twitter. Uh, listen, if you're a Florida fan, we don't hate you. We just hate your team. And that's just about as plainly as I can put it. We love you. We hope you listen <laughs> to the your, show and hope you like it. And your and your coach. <laughs> yeah, well, whoever coaches it. It just is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, find us on Twitter. We're, we're not really active on Facebook, but we're there. Uh, you can find our podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. Big thank you to our sponsors. Big, huge thank you to my bro host, JT. Tell the people bye, man. Man, it was good to be back. It really was a mm-hmm. uh, great discussion. Um, diving in uh, this football season coming up and some other little odd and end things, which, That's right. you know, I had no clue about and had to really think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh man just just fun every time we get together man i enjoy it yeah. and uh looking forward to the next one yeah man and it won't be long so guys thank you again for listening subscribe like us all that fun stuff we really really appreciate it thank you for sticking with us no more long breaks we promise so yeah that being said love and light god bless go dogs. Mm-hmm.